I so appreciate the insights from Portia Parker Griffin, who you're about to hear, when she talks about the influences that were pertinent in the different generations, because if we took the time to understand what were those influences, especially technology, we would better understand why people behave in a certain way, have perhaps different values. And it's because of that, maybe we can get along better as humanity. And I often think myself also, when we're in work, our businesses, etc., how often do we say, oh, they're just difficult or they're just that way. There's no way of changing them. You know, I ask you to turn inward. And how often are you simply curious? Do you seek to understand that person and their perspective on the world? And what were those influences? And I promise you, if you take the high road and take the time to get to know people and understand why they are the way they are, at the end of the day, we are going to create stronger, beneficial efficient, effective relationships, whether it's in our personal life or in our work area, whether we own our own business or we work in a company. It just takes a little bit of discipline on your part to truly get to know why people are the way they are, appreciate them for their differences, as well as the synergies of who we are. Now, Portia has a wealth of knowledge and understanding about generational differences, but perhaps we're more similar than you think. Let's listen to this amazing conversation. There are a few organizations that do a lot of generational research, and they usually look at some common threads when they're kind of deciding what are defining aspects of a generation. One of the easiest things and the main things I talk to people about, because everyone can generally get it, is technology. And so what was the defining technology of that specific generation, right? So if you think about baby boomers, it was the television. For Gen Xers, they call them the MTV generation. So it was different channels and and things like that on TV. Millennials, it's the internet. Y2K, year 2000 that we all remember. And then for Gen Zers, there's still some debate on what it actually is for them. They look at also music and politics and things like that. They look at areas to see what kind of shapes the thinking of that generation. I think technology is one of the easiest ways to think about it, though. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I am Deb Cobiello, founder of the Drop-In CEO brand, and I am grateful you've joined us for another episode of this amazing podcast where I get to speak to leaders week after week who share their insights and hopefully inspiration for you. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and download. We've been getting so many downloads. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And just know, I am here to help C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow navigate their challenges with confidence. And now, 
I am honored to share the mic with my guest, Portia Parker Griffin. Portia is founder and CEO of Fly High Coaching, where she empowers ambitious professionals and motivated executives to add $10,000 on average to their salaries. She is a professional certified coach, a Myers-Briggs type indicator master practitioner, and an energy leadership index master practitioner. Portia also has experience as a director and business consultant in the financial industry, helping companies unlock millions of dollars in potential hiding in their organizations. And when she is not coaching, Portia enjoys travel with her husband, cooking and working with animals. Welcome to the show, Portia. It's my honor. Thank you for having me on, Deb. I am honored to be here. I'm excited for this interview. First of all, I I just want to thank the network. John Narrell introduced us. I was in a pickle, I'll say that, that's an old word, where I had a client who was in need of Portia's services and she jumped right in. So thank you. I do appreciate it. But what she does for businesses, helping to elevate the leadership, their capability, their potential is also the work I do under the drop-in CEO brands. We are going to have an amazing conversation. But what I would like to do, just a quick question, I didn't get this beforehand, Fly High Coaching. There's always something in a name. Where did the name of your company come from? Yeah, great question, Deb. So it's really about soaring to your full potential. And so from the title of the company, you can tell I'm an abstract thinker. So I think of, you know, flying high, like over obstacles and all of that to really reach your full potential. So that's where the name comes from. There's always a great story behind that. And it tells a little bit about the individual I'm interviewing. And while technically you do amazing work, the creative side is so important to bring that forward and let people get to know a little bit more about you. But I want to give you the floor a little bit. You have an amazing journey and I love the work that you're doing. We're going to go really, really deep into the work you do with businesses. But tell us a bit about yourself personally, your journey and the work that you arrived at now. Yeah. So me personally, I I grew up in a lot of different places, Deb. So one thing that comes across a lot of times when people ask me is, where are you from? Because there's no accent and all of that. So I think that where you grow up a lot of times does have an influence on you. So I was born in Alabama, lived in Germany for eight years, lived in Massachusetts, and then to the metro Atlanta area. So all of those influences, I think, kind of give me an outsider's point of view sometimes, I guess, because of moving around a bit. So that's a little bit about kind of me growing up and, you know, I'm an introvert, so I'm an observer at heart. I I like to, you know, just watch, you know, people watch and really understand things. So I'm inquisitive, I guess. <laughs> that's a little bit about me. I studied psychology in college. So I have an undergraduate degree in psychology. So really understanding what motivates people and why they do what they do has just always been interesting to me. And what was perhaps not as encouraging in college is for a lot of the psychology majors, they get it, but people tell you, you can't do anything with a psychology degree unless you go get a PhD, you're not going to make any money and you're, you know psychology majors, I'm sure a lot of them, like me, heard that sort of thing. And I can be a little bullheaded at times. So I just didn't, I didn't care. I said, you know, this is interesting to me. I'm going to figure it out. Right. And so got that degree in psychology and fell into 
the working world, like a lot of millennials. And we're going to talk more about the generations today. But I graduated from college undergrad in the depths of the recession. Teachers at the University of Georgia, where I went to school, were saying it's easier to go and get into grad school right now than it is to get a job. That's what they were telling us in, in the depths of the recession. And so I said, well, you know what? I don't have any student loan debt. I don't want any. I'm just going to figure this working thing out. So I moved cross country to LA and then that's how I fell into the consulting world. And I worked in financial consulting and eventually found out about coaching. And I thought, well, is that a real thing? You know, we didn't talk about coaching in college and I have a degree in psychology. What is this? Right. And did a little research and found out about, you know, coach training programs and all of that. And it was like a light bulb went off, Deb, because I realized that coaching was what I always wanted to do, but never knew existed. Because back then, when you were getting a degree in psychology, you just learned about traditional therapy and counseling and all of that. And while, you know, there that's interesting to me, I knew I was a little more action focused, a little more results focused, wanted to stay on the positive side and not necessarily live in like childhood trauma and all of that. So I found out about coaching and that was it. I, I got certified and started started my coaching business. This is fascinating to me on so many different levels. First of all, thank you so much for sharing this, having all that energy, but you know, whether you realize it or not, there were just so many things in there that were inspirational again, against all odds, against the narrative of saying, well, you got to get a PhD. And oh, by the way, it's the middle of a recession. You're not going to get a job. You got to do this. And then you just kind of said, heck no, I'm going to go in my own direction and figure this out. And I think there's such insight in that, that despite what people have told you with good intentions based on history and their experience, God bless them. But sometimes we have to pave our own road and say, well, yeah, but <laughs> I'm going to go over here versus going over there. So thank you for that. And I really like the fact that you took what you love, but then on the positive side, because yes, there's a lot of people in this world that can use support for whatever they're going through. But if you lead towards one strength, if you lead towards the positive side and enhance what people already have as a gift, that is the noble work for which I so, so appreciate what you do. But you have a specialty. And I really want to go there. And I, I'm just curious, though, again, you label yourself as a millennial, but you seem to be a leader for all ages. But you've said, this is the area I want to focus on, not only helping individuals, but helping organizations with millennials. Tell us a little bit more how you chose that area of work. So if we, you know, fast forward back to starting the business, I started the business in my mid-20s. And while I had a lot of great experience in that consulting firm, I had helped companies save millions of dollars, make millions of dollars. I still had some limiting beliefs is what we, we call it in coaching, as you know, around my age and people taking me seriously. Most of the business consultants and business coaches that I had seen, they were generally 55 and over and they were generally men. <laughs> I didn't even see any women at that time. And so I thought, you know, who's going to listen to me? I'm in my mid twenties. You know, I'm a woman, all of this stuff. And when I resigned from the consulting firm I was working at, one of the companies that I had worked with in LA saved hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax credits. They said, well, Hey, you know, Portia, do you do consulting for companies? Do you do coaching for companies? And I said, 
Sure I do. (laughs) Today I do consulting and coaching for companies. And so, you know, that trust was there, Deb, because I had helped them before in another capacity. So they trusted me to help them in other capacities, right? And so when I went into that organization, the owner who was or is a Gen Xer, he started venting to me about one of his millennial employees. And this particular employee had gone on glass door and said some things about the company. And they weren't terrible things, but they were just not so great, right? That average kind of middle of the road, leaning bad. And he was really shocked. You know, he asked me, you know, Portia, you know, I see this person. They had never told their manager this. They'd never told me this. Why would they feel comfortable to just go and put this online on Glassdoor? And, you know, he mentioned millennials. And then I realized that that would be a really cool place to specialize because my age would not be seen as a liability. It would be an asset, Deb, the fact that I was a millennial. And so we really started kind of focusing originally on, you know, millennial performance and helping organizations with their millennial employees. And since then, we've broadened that out to really focus on multi-generational, I should say, workplace issues. So it's really looking at how we can get everyone of different generations rowing in the same direction from, you know, baby boomers to the Gen Zers. And so looking at generations is just one way to help us do that. We know that generations, everyone doesn't think the same way, but there are some similarities and really addressing that in the workplace as well. Uh, Again, as always, filled with so many insights, but one of the things I'm just going to go backwards before we go forward that you say, because you say so many really important things I want our listeners to hear this is that you use the phrase, well, who's going to listen to me? And I think anybody out there who has their own thought, their unique perspective, they want to try something new, but they don't think they can check the box so they have more than 80% qualification, sometimes hold ourselves back. But, you know, even myself, I said, I've never been a consultant. I said, well, I'm going to try. (laughs) I'm resourceful. I can figure this out. I think people need to just look at themselves in a slightly different perspective. If you are curious about something, you have drive, interest, and you are resourceful, don't check yourself out. Check yourself in and just know you can figure it out because somebody, many people will listen to you. But let's just go back to the millennial stuff. You said that there's differences and similarities. I am curious when it comes to workplace organization, what are the common things that tie the generations together that we should be aware of? So there are a few organizations that do a lot of generational research. And they usually look at some common threads when they're kind of deciding what are defining aspects of a generation. One of the easiest things and the main things I talk to people about, because everyone can generally get it, is technology. And so what was the defining technology of that specific generation, right? So if you think about baby boomers, it was the television. For Gen Xers, it was the internet. Well, no, I'm sorry. The internet is millennials. Gen Xers, they call them the MTV generation. So it was different channels and and things like that on TV. Millennials, it's the internet, the the millennial, you know, Y2K, year 2000 that we all remember. And then for Gen Zers, there's still some debate on what it actually is for them. But, you know, it could be social media, some people say, and 
all of, you know, the different interactions online. So they look at also music and politics and things like that. They look at areas to see what kind of shapes the thinking of that generation. I think technology is one of the easiest ways to think about it, though. That we all have been introduced to technology at some point along the way, but just the widgets, the things that we tap on are just slightly different. So that is common to all of us. I've also heard values, you know, looking for purpose and values is something that actually, let me trace this back. Somebody once told me is we all want to be respected, especially the millennial generation. They want to be heard. They want to be respected. They don't want to be discounted because of the age and where they show up in the spectrum. Your reaction to that is, is that right? Or have you, do you agree with that? Or have you seen something different? I do agree with that. And one thing that we have really learned throughout the years of, you know, our own research and then also reading the research of other publications is that really when you get down to the bottom of things, when it comes to working, a lot of the generations actually wanted the same thing, but how they go about communicating that is very different. And so, you know, at the, at the root, a lot of people wanted to enjoy their work. They wanted to have that sense of fulfillment. They wanted to be treated well and all of that. But a lot of baby boomers, for example, might have stayed with an organization 10, 20 plus years, hoping that that would work out. Right. Or they might have gone three to five years trying to earn that promotion and show that through their actions. A lot of millennials, if we just, you know, make a comparison, have a lot of those same goals and desires, but they were perhaps going to communicate that earlier, more often, and perhaps be a little more direct about it. So that's, you know, something that we've we've noticed over the years. And I think those are all good qualities, again, from the older, more senior generations, a sense of loyalty and commitment, all great qualities the younger generations being direct. My, my, if I knew how to be more direct as I went through my career, I would have done a lot better. So these are all qualities to celebrate. We just have to recognize the the differences and try to bridge them. So now I know who you serve. Again, organizations that have the awareness that this is a problem and potentially is holding them back. So when you have one of these engagements with a business, what is what is it like to work with Portia? What is your approach? So I get have people listening, get a feel for what it's like to work with you. What does that journey look like? Yeah. So it really depends, Deb, on how we're introduced to that organization. But the way that most of our engagements work is that we come in and we listen. We like to have conversations. We might have some surveys and some stakeholder interviews just to figure out what is pressing for the organization. A lot of times when we talk about like the multi-generational work, a lot of times people don't necessarily think that that is the issue. It might look more like a communication issue or they're having conflict or things like that. And then once we do a little bit more digging, sometimes we find that really there are some differences between the generations that are, that's coming up kind of like an undercurrent depth to to everything that's going on. And so if we identify that, then we make sure to bring that up and that could show up in, you know, different trainings that we create, group coaching or individual coaching, it could be a topic within, you know, those sessions as well. 
Very helpful. And again, we do have to start from a place of listening. So often some consultants get a bad rap. They'll say, well, here is my five-step approach. Throw out what you have, implement what I say, and good luck. (laughs) But I really, really like the let's just understand where you're at because every company is different. There may be some common themes, but starting from a place of deep understanding is really, really important. Now, you've shared with us how you work with organizations to understand what their needs are, but it's best when it's said by others on how they felt about you. And I have a testimonial from your LinkedIn profile. I want to share a bit with you, but I want you to tell me a little bit more about this engagement with this individual. This person says, I had the pleasure of working with Portia and Fly High Coaching during my job search. I first learned about her career coaching services through a workshop, et cetera, and she was able to really get to the bottom of the purpose of my job search. Portia is intentional, caring, and a great listener. With the pointer she gave me on my resume, I was able to secure a position in less than a month, and I'm very grateful. This highlights some of the more individual work that you can do for people. Tell me a little bit about where this person was when they arrived at your doorstep. And what were they like when they left? That client was a younger professional. And again, with our individual work as well, we work with clients of all generations. So you'll see testimonials from, you know, baby boomers and from Gen Zers. (laughs) So she was a younger professional and she was feeling a bit overwhelmed with the job search because it's it's overwhelming i think for just about everyone all of the technology and getting clear on how to position herself for the different opportunities and roles that she wanted to target so we had some coaching sessions and then also we did some resume work with her to help her get clear on all of that for her and when it comes to a job search as you were pointing out Things are really specific for each individual. You've really got to customize it. I tell people that gone are the days where you could just have like a general resume or a lot of general marketing materials about yourself and think that that's going to be effective because there's so much software technology out there that's screening people and all of this. So it gives us that opportunity to get really clear on how we're going to position ourselves And then also our marketing documents and and what we're saying in interviews and really the whole thing, our whole approach and presentation. I really value what you said because it's about marketing ourselves. And so often we're subject matter experts. We simply put our experience down on a piece of paper from A to Z. We throw in a few flashy words that catches people's eyes and expect that's all that we need to do. And the reason why I wanted to go here Well, the work that you love to do is for organizations. Sometimes people will split off from organizations and despite all good intentions. And these are additional services that Portia provides. And I want people out there that if you're going to be looking for something new in your career or you have to, don't just give it a partial attention. Give it the full attention to acknowledge what you're good at and how best to position. And in the process, you learn about marketing yourself, which is more about brand presence. It's not taught in school, but it is critical for you to be seen, heard, and respected. I got another question I want to know a little bit more about you. I mean, I have these questions lined up. Of course, you are amazingly talented at a youthful age, but 
you started a business so early on. You said, I am going to do this. I started a business as well. It's challenging. You have good days and you have bad days, good months, bad months, good years, bad years. But along your journey, when did you realize, I got a thing going, this is viable, this is sustainable, I'm here for the long game. I'm just curious when you found that fork in the road to know I'm going to make it. (laughs) Great question. So I think, Deb, the first thing that even made me think starting a business was possible for me and I could even be successful, I, I really have to give credit to my parents and my dad specifically. So my dad is one of those people who is a big dreamer, you know, big goals, you can do it, very encouraging. And I always felt like, hey, you know, if there's something that I can learn, I can do it. So I always kind of had that can-do attitude. And I realized that a lot of it came from my dad. And you know, as a coach, it's something that we can sometimes take for granted, but everyone does not necessarily have that. And a lot of people do not have that support early on or from other people, even later on, to really believe that they can do it. So to even think in my mid-20s, I can start a business. A lot of that comes from my dad. And so once I got started, I just said, hey, you know, I'm going to be resourceful and I can I can do it. And I do think, Deb, that working in sales, so I worked in sales for a consulting firm. I do think that working in sales and business development really helps because as you know, sales and business development, you've got to be resourceful, got to be resilient. So a lot of that, I had some some practice before starting the business. But when I really thought, hey, this can really work out full-time and make it, I would probably say around the, the two-year mark, maybe sometime between then. And, you know, we, we weren't, you know, our revenue isn't wasn't what it is today or anything like that. But I just had a feeling that, hey, People, one, after working with clients and helping clients get results, you see that what we do is meaningful. But also people were coming more around to coaching and getting support. It was becoming more mainstream. When I first told my dad I was getting a coaching certification, he was like, what's that? (laughs) You know, is that like a, a sports coach? And so, you know, so much has changed since then. But I think it was moving through those first clients, staying resilient, and then also the popularity of of coaching growing. You know, I so appreciate the work you do. And thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey. It's that vulnerable place of, I'm trying to make this work. I believe in the work. You have doubts at some times, but what's really enriches is that can-do attitude. And you had the good fortune of having an amazing support system. But the message here, and the reason why I want people to reach out to you is sometimes you don't have a support system. We look to our family, our community, our employer for that support. And even for the C-suite leader, if there's nobody around you to help you manage through developing my leadership team, getting a high-performance team, thank goodness there are people like Portia and myself. I love helping C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow handle the business issues, but also the leadership impact. And so, Portia, I want people to check out your work, be in touch with you. If the millennial voice, the millennial culture bridging that gap is important to people, I want them to connect with you. So are there any last closing thoughts you want to share with our audience or ways that people can connect with you? Because I think what you do is very valuable. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Deb. I second and echo all of that back to you. (laughs) I think what you do is so valuable. 
I would recommend that people, one, check out our podcast, which is the Career 101 podcast. And as a secret uh, sneak peek, Deb's episode will be airing, I think, in two weeks. So they will get to, to hear you on that. That's where we talk about things that you were never taught or told when it comes to career growth, development, and change. And I think that really goes with what you were just saying, Deb, about that support system. I found out working within companies and then also working with individuals directly that we're just not told this career stuff. And a lot of people just don't know it. And so your family and your friends can love you, but they don't necessarily know how to navigate the career that you have either. So please check out the Career 101 podcast. And then also they can check us out on our website, flyhighcoaching.com. We have a lot of resources there. And then also for businesses, we have some case studies and I'll provide a link to where people can look at some of our case studies and get an idea of how we've helped organizations with some of these multi-generational challenges and other areas as well. Portia, you have been an amazing guest and so appreciate the network for introducing us. And I also want to maybe bring people to your work because I appreciate what you do. So I just want to say thank you and wish you continued success, Portia. Thank you, Deb. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.